This is the Conquer Local Podcast, presented by Vendasta, with your host, George Lee. It's the latest edition of the Conquer Local Podcast, and this week, I'm going to go back to an episode that we recorded in Orlando, Florida a couple months back. Um, got the privilege to go to the radio show, the RAB radio show. I've been going to it for the last six years and it was back in Orlando and I'm walking through the beautiful Hilton Bonnet Creek and there's my old buddy, Darren Steenbergen. So I grabbed him, got the recorder, pulled him into a quiet corner and we got some great footage. Let me give you a little bit of background on Darren. He runs 17 radio stations in uh, Kentucky out of Glasgow, Kentucky. He's the chief revenue officer for Commonwealth Broadcasting. Got a whole bunch of sales reps. He's been doing it for over 20 years. Where I met Darren was about four years ago. I was uh, speaking to the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters with my old friend, Sean Luce, one of the top sales trainers in the radio space in North America. And Sean brought along this guy, Darren Steenbergen, who was going to speak. And we did a session with the three of us on stage doing some role playing for the over 150 sales reps that were in the crowd. And I'd always thought in the back of my mind, damn, if I ever run across Darren again, I'd love to get him on the Conquer Local podcast. Darren continues his role as chief revenue officer, but he also believes very strongly in training sales reps. And he created the Swagger Institute, which is all about building confident sales reps that can speak to solving the problems of their customers. We're going to dig into the Swagger Institute. We're going to dig into Commonwealth Broadcasting. We're going to dig into the challenges of radio sales reps in the South. And that's all coming up next with Darren Steenbergen, Chief Revenue Officer of Commonwealth Broadcasting on the Conquer Local Podcast. Darren Steenbergen joining me on the Conquer Local Podcast. We're actually live at the RAB 2018 here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. And you know, you and I met a number of years back in uh, beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, and we were uh, sharing the stage with with one of uh, one of the top sales trainers in the business, Sean Luce. And um, your career has uh, moved you into full time sales training and and consulting. Can we talk a little bit about your company, the Swagger Institute? Uh, we can. I'm, I started the Swagger Institute probably three or four years ago. Um, I, honestly, I'm still in the business. I'm still running radio stations in Kentucky as well, and uh, keep my feet in it. I, I like being a broadcaster, but uh, I started the Swagger Institute because I got really, I got fatigued with going to a lot of sales seminars and leaving unfulfilled. And so I thought, you know what, I think I got something to offer. Uh, jumped in and uh, been doing it ever since. So that when we met, let's talk a little bit about your career and, and what, what got you to the chair of general manager and running a radio cluster. Um, you know, where, where did this all start? Where did the sales game start for you? Got out of college to be a school teacher. Thought I wanted to coach. Uh, very quickly realized I couldn't do that the rest of my life. Got into media sales. Uh, started out selling a 50s and 60s oldies station. We had a pink cat as a mascot, and honestly, I'm trying to sell a station I couldn't listen to. Uh, spent the first year uh, thinking I had it figured out. I went out, I, I, I told my story to as many people as I could tell it to, and uh, a year in, I'm getting my teeth kicked in. Uh, very, very little results, and I had to reevaluate. And, and one day it hit me. I've spent an entire year making this about me. And, and when I began to make it about the client and their story and not about my story, it all flipped, it all turned, and, and I've been doing this ever since. 
It's funny, I uh, attend a lot of uh, sales seminars and conventions and things like that and listen to a lot of podcasts and I hear this needs-based selling thing like it's people are talking about it like it's brand new but as you, you've identified as soon as you turn it around and make it all about the customer and solving their problems and we've been doing this for a long time but do, any comments on why people think that that's a new thing to do needs-based selling I don't know that they think it's a new thing I, I think it feels new because so many people are doing it poorly I think the majority of our sales force, whether it's broadcast media or, or, or any industry, uh, we got a lot of peddlers out there. We got a lot of people out there just pushing their product. And, and when, you, when you reset, you kind of figure out that the magic sauce here is the needs of the client, what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, it probably feels new today because so many people have been doing it poorly for so long. So when we, um, you and I have been to this convention a number of times, um, what, do you, what do you feel as far as the vibe of the convention is all about? What do you think the state of radio is like in, in North America? I think it's strong. Uh, I, I think uh, our industry's strong. I think we're still delivering for our, for our clients. The listenership's still there. I think the, I think the biggest thing that, uh, that, that, that times really fatigues me is that we're not doing a good job of telling that story. Uh, I think we're, at times we're giving up our place. Uh, you look at the, the penetration nationwide and the percentage of 92, 93 percent of the, of the public uh, listens to the radio on a weekly basis. Well, you bring any competitor in that could deliver that type of those type of numbers, we'd be scared to death. Uh, but I think we're all too often sometimes uh, quick to relinquish our place. We are still king. The magic is still there. We're still delivering. Uh, we're getting results for our clients. But I think it's up to us to kind of to kind of get our swagger back just a little bit. Well, there you go. There's the Swagger Institute. That's the name drop right there. Before we get into what you've been doing with the Swagger Institute and the training that you've been doing, um, I want to talk a little bit about the radio business. There's a lot of automation happening. Um, there are you know, cutbacks where you know, not as many people in the newsroom and things like that. But isn't one of the real key components for radio the fact that it's plugged into the local community? If it's not plugged into the local community, then we're just a jukebox. And uh, you, know, you look right now, it, we're in an election year in, in Kentucky. And these local candidates realize they need radio. And if we're not local, uh, then, then we're, we're relinquishing really the, the, one of our strengths over the years. And, and radio is local. And I, th- I think we probably lost our way for a little while, but I think we're getting back. And I think the localism's there. And I think as we embrace technology and the digital side of, of our business and, and everything that we can do, I feel really good about it. And I think, uh, I think we got great days ahead. Yeah, it's interesting to see the investment that's being made into live production studios right in, in-house in so you can bring artists in to, uh, to perform on the air. I don't know if we would have saw that 10 years ago, so th- there's been a change. There has, and uh, I think that, that connectivity, uh, we understand. You know, we talk so much about needs-based for our, our clients. Well, we've got to identify what the needs of the listener is, and uh, the, the listeners are there, and, and I think we're getting back to giving them some of the things that they, that they crave, and, and we, can make it, we can help them feel a connection to those artists that, that I think is one of the things that, that we bring to the table that kind of sets us aside, makes us unique. So when you and I first met, we were in Nashville at the uh, Association of Broadcasters for, for Tennessee. Witt invited us uh, to speak, and Sean put on one of his seminars, and, and uh, I listened to you motivate that group of people. Tell us about the Swagger Institute. Tell us about the curriculum that you are professing to salespeople all over the United States. Well, the, the Swagger Institute is all about it's, it's sales training, it's motivational speaking, it's, uh, it's business consulting. It's about delivering the energy with uh, the basic tactics that have been successful for years and years and years. It sounds redundant, uh, but it's, it's about the needs of the client. It's about, it's about teaching local direct tactics that help salespeople uh, have more success. And it's, listen, it's, not, it's not about 
this national business. It's about what's happening in our communities, and it's about those local clients because they need our help. Uh, our, our, our local clients need us to help them deliver their message and build their brand. And the Swagger Institute is about helping salespeople um, understand that there may be a better way. It's, it's also helping them see that there, there's a level of energy and enthusiasm and passion that they have to have and show for this business and, and that their clients deserve. And, and that's, in a nutshell, that's probably what the Swagger Institute's all about. So what, what are you seeing as you know, the general manager of those stations? I'm sure you, you talk to lots of local business people. What do you think some of the biggest points of pain for local business people are? I think the, the, the biggest thing that's happened over the last several years, as, as we've all, and it's probably, this is an industry riddle that we're all trying to figure out. Uh, how, how do we do more with less, but with more to sell? So think about that. We're all trying to get more done, but in many cases with fewer people, but all of a sudden now with, with digital offerings and dot coms and translators, we've got more to sell than ever. Um, so we're, we have to be, make sure that we're not guilty of, of splintering the pie so much for our clients. It used to be if you just had one station or two, you wouldn't focus on frequency-driven schedules on those properties. And now we're looking at, we're taking their money and we're putting it on, we're scattering it in so many different places. And, you know, a, a key principle with any marketing campaign is whatever you do, own it. And I think we've got to be careful that, that we don't splinter things so much with clients that, that they're not owning anything. I always like to, when I get somebody like you, experienced sales trainer, general manager, you've been doing this for a long time, I'm sure that you, you see some rookies and you're like, you know, how, how do I help this person not make the mistakes? You're going to give any advice to a brand new salesperson, what would it be? Structure, structure, structure. Uh, one of the great things about our business, and, and especially uh, those, those successful salespeople have been doing a long time, uh, they buy themselves some, some lifestyle, but some flexibility. But it's, it's that flexibility that puts so many young people, new people out of the business because they can't handle the lack of structure. And one of the things that we try to do in our company uh, with the Swagger Institute is, is, is show, show how you can provide structure in, in a world sometimes that doesn't have it. And, you know, way too many of us started out with a bunch of clients and just go get them. And, and that doesn't work anymore. And, and, and our new people need structure uh, and they need accountability. And uh, we, we got to make sure we give it to them, but they, they, they've got to understand that the flexibility is one of the best things about this business. It's also the thing that puts a lot of people out of the business. Well, that's a really great point. We just have come through what I call the master sales uh, series where I tried to come up with 12 things that we could work with reps on to just, you know, refreshers for the veterans and uh, foundation for the new reps. So let, let's dig into this structure thing because I think you've touched on something that I, I didn't really think about. It's the fact that you're a local sales rep, you get a lot of flexibility because we put you in a car and you go see customers. But with that flexibility comes the ability to maybe not make as many calls as you need to make or not put together the presentations you need to do. Or is that, is that where you're going with this? It is. Uh, it, it starts, listen, we're all trying to be successful through the dysfunctions in our life. Uh, as managers now, I think there's more distractions than ever for our employees, more for us. And so one of the things that we really believe in and we try to teach in, in, in our company is you got to win the morning. And, and one simple thing that, that, that we encourage and we teach, is, it's called one before nine. It's see one account every day before nine o'clock. Uh, salespeople way too often spend so much time in the office and uh, they, they spend so much time on their phones, uh, distractions. So we really encourage, see one account every day before nine. If you do that, you're gonna see more people, you're gonna be more productive, you're gonna get more done because you started your day earlier and you were more productive early in the day. Now, I would argue that, that 
it's probably one of the best times to see a customer as early in the day because they're not busy running their business and they've got a little bit more time for you before they're flooded with customers. If you ask a salesperson, if you say, okay, a client's going to give you the option, you can meet with them at 8.30 in the morning or 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, without fail, salespeople will tell you, no, I want to meet with them at 8.30 in the morning because they're fresher and I'm fresher. Uh, but way too often, uh, we're, we're, we're going to battle the second half of the day when everybody's fried. So what do, what do you say to a salesperson that um, is out, you know, calling on their clients and they do a couple of drop-ins or they have a scheduled meeting and the client doesn't show up? Uh, listen, when a client doesn't show, many cases that's an opportunity uh, for you to do more business with them. Uh, the client knows they're not going to show up. And, and I think the thing we, we do way too often is we take it personal. Oh, they just don't want to deal with us. They, they, it's, it's, they're busy. They're busy. So don't take it personally and use the fact that they didn't show up as an opportunity uh, to get the next appointment. Uh, people are busy. People are distracted. People are going to forget. And, and I think what uh, salespeople make the mistake of too often is when that client doesn't show up, then they go away. And it's our job to earn the right to get, to get the opportunity to meet with them. And I found it to be very powerful to remind them that they missed that meeting. Um, and, you know, you're not really throwing it back in your face, but you are. And uh, remind them that they owe you the time. And if you brought enough value, you'll get that other appointment if you, if you have some persistence. You will. And, and many, many times, if I call a client, I like getting their voicemail. Because that voicemail gives me an opportunity, A, to leave them a message, and then follow up with a handwritten note that we're really big on in our company. Uh, you follow up with a handwritten note that just says, hey, sorry I missed you, uh, left you a message, look forward to talking to you soon. The next time you call, you're going to be different than you would have been if they'd answered the phone originally because you took that opportunity to send them a note in the mail. Well, and you, you know, key, bring up a really good point. I love the, the thank you card in the mail. Send it out after every order. People aren't getting a lot of mail nowadays, so it's something that's very unique. But the other thing I, I like to do is to keep some of those same cards in my briefcase. And when the guy isn't there, you just write a little note to him and put it in an envelope and ask the receptionist to leave it on their desk. Think about this. I offer hope in this sense. It's never been easier to stand out positively than what it is today uh, because so many people are doing it poorly. But if you, if you want to stand out, be a thank you note in a pile of bills for a client. So a client is going through their mail. It's bill, it's bill, it's bill, it's bill. Oh, what's this? This is something different. They open it up. It's a note from you in the mail. So you want to stand out? Be that handwritten note in a stack of bills every, one day in, in, that they're going through their mail, and you're going to stand out very quickly above everyone else. You know, in an upcoming episode, I'm going to get uh, Devin Henning, our vice president of marketing on the program. He is doing some amazing work with his team around account-based marketing. And when I first read about this account-based marketing thing, I'm like, oh, so you actually might send a gift with a brochure about your company to a prospect that hasn't done business with you before. And you and I have been doing that for years. But it's, uh, it's really interesting how those small things, they've been forgotten. And you're right, absolutely, that most people are doing it very poorly. So we got the new salesperson. We're going to get him some structure. And now, we got the veteran, the grizzled up old veteran like myself or you, and uh, we've been doing it a long time. We find ourselves in a rut. At the Swagger Institute, what is your recommendation for that rep that's in a rut? Uh, one of the things we teach is we, we show you a pyramid and what that healthy pyramid is. And, and, and the foundation of a healthy pyramid is, is, is activity. And then it's informational meetings with appointments that, that funnels to, to customize proposals. Uh, what generally happens with experienced salespeople when, when they begin to struggle is that pyramid gets flipped, and all of a sudden, the, the activity's not there. 
Uh, they're not seeing enough people. They're only focusing on a few accounts that they think are going to spend some dollars with them. And, and, and if you do that over a period of time uh, and the activity wanes, you're going to have problems. And, and what I see with veteran salespeople, when they maybe lose their way a little bit, it nearly always goes back to activity. And they're not seeing enough people. They're, 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 they're not, you know, we talk about the old sales funnel, been around forever, but it's just true. And, and veteran salespeople get themselves in trouble when, when the activity begins to, to really wane. So cancellations are going to happen. Uh, the big word is uh, reducing churn. Uh, churn's been around for a long time. How do you come back from that? What's your, your advice to a rep that just lost a big account for whatever reason? Well, I call it sales insulation. Uh, accounts are always going to cancel. I mean, you, there's different percentages on how much is going to cancel every year. But some of it's going to go away every year. Sales insulation starts with you being a good prospector. Um, it's when you don't prospect that... Uh, it really hurts you when that account calls up and cancels. If, if, if you've got plenty of, plenty of things in the funnel, when somebody calls you, we never want that cancellation, but they're going to come and we have to expect it. Uh, but if the activity's not there and you're not prospecting and then you get that call, man, it can, it can be a killer. So sales has changed more in the last five years than it has in the last 50 years. What do you think is one of the, the biggest changes that has occurred? I think it's, we talked about it a little bit ago. There's, there's so many things out there. Uh, clients are our clients are confused they're more confused for it than ever and they're, and they're depending on us to help them uh, clients aren't owning anything any longer you know the days of of, of a television station a couple of radio stations maybe a newspaper uh, those days are gone and so clients are are overwhelmed at everything out there available to them so what happens is they start spreading a little bit over too many things and, and they're no longer getting results because they're not owning anything. And that's what I worry about. Um, and, and, and I think we're contributing to that in our own industry right now, is we're taking, we're taking the money they have and spreading it out across too many different properties. And, uh, and, and we got to help them own something. Uh, clients have to own a message with, with, with an audience. And, and it's getting real fragmented today. So you're doing uh, motivation, you're doing sales training, you're doing keynote speeches at events. If someone was interested in getting uh, you to come to their team to do some training for a day, like what, what's the curriculum and what's, what are some of the things that you're offering? Well, we, start, we start with the basics and we start with, uh, listen, it, it starts with effort and attitude. And we talk a lot about effort and attitude. We can't, we can't help you fix anything uh, tactically if, if, if your attitude's poor, uh, if your effort's not there. So we start there, and then we begin to work our way through the basic principles of sales to where we try to funnel at the end towards uh, delivering effective customized proposals. Uh, there's too many people out there peddling things, and, and, and we want to help you be different. We want to help, help you understand how uh, if you identify the needs of the client, and you can go back to them uh, with what I call the six most powerful words in sales. Which are, and they're, they're, they're very simple words, George, but they're based on what you told me. And when you can say, based on what you told me to a client, here's what I recommend, uh, you're going to be different. You're going to be different than your competition. And, and, and that's, that's the process we try to take you through to put you in a better position to have success. It's working. We're hearing from too many people out there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, everything we do is about someone else. It's about the client, the listener, the community. But it starts with us. Well, and I love the fact that you're talking the talk and walking the walk as a general manager. Um, how many reps do you have at your organization? got 16 reps within our company and uh, we've got some veterans we've got some new ones uh, they're all over the place uh, but the the thing we, we we try to help them practice what we preach and uh, it's 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 going well we got good people and um, it's 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 good sales people and it's good sales managers and if you got good people treat, treat them the right way uh, you know that's that's just, 
a big stepping stone to success. So what, uh, when, when you've added these new reps, where are you finding the, the new talent? I know that that's always a big challenge of managers and owners and sales, uh, you know, sales VPs. Um, I could use some talent. Uh, where are you finding it? I wish I could give you one place. Uh, we, we've had some success lately in a couple areas. One, uh, hiring sales assistants and grooming them for a year, moving them into the sales force. Uh, honestly, we've had a couple of really successful transitions from uh, a traffic person that moved, in, moved into sales. They've been sitting there seeing this forever. But one, one of our biggest successes lately that I would really encourage everybody in the radio world to take a look at is, do you have some on-air people that have been with you for several years who have built a brand in your region and in your communities who desire to make more money. And we've got a couple who are just killing it right now who have been on the air and are now on the street. And guess what? They've got a brand in the community. People know them. People trust them. Uh, They've they've shown they can connect with people. And and we've given them an opportunity to move into sales, and they're killing it. Well, it's good to hear that that still is a thing because I remember about 26 years ago I made that move from on-air into sales. Still miss the on air a little bit. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to make sure that inside the notes, we get your website in there so people can reach out to you. And uh, I uh, appreciate you taking some time here at the RAV. Pleasure, George. It's always good to see you. Well, Darren believes in making sure that those reps are able to deliver a message to the customer and able to follow through on, on what they've sold. And needs-based selling, it just keeps coming up over and over again. You've got to be solution-based. You've got to build that relationship with the client. You've got to prove to them through delivering on your promises, over-delivering on your promises, that you are the person helping their business. It's an ongoing theme that we have inside the editions of the Conquer Local podcast. It seems to be pretty much every guest talks about those same tactics. Um, really appreciate having uh, Darren on the podcast. Great speaker and a great trainer. If you want to get him into one of your conventions to do some work, I highly recommend him. You can find him online at swaggerinstitute.com. My name is George Leith. I am your host of the Conquer Local podcast. Producer Brock doing a great job. Sound engineer, Mr. T-Bone. Thank you, gentlemen. And we will be back again next Wednesday right here on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or on our website at ConquerLocal.com. My name is George Leith. I will see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King and Jeff Tomlin. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Writing by Michelin Gadet. Marketing by Devin Hennig, Michael Gatioan, and Brian Larson. Produced by Joshua Baker.